Welcome in 8x80 podcast, Austin Ham alongside me, Tyler Smith, and we are going to be reviewing our semifinal games and previewing our D1 and D2 championship matchups. And Smith, we've got a little bit of a special treat for it for this one tonight. Yeah, Austin, this this past week, we got to be boots on the ground for the Bloomfield Hitchcock County game, and we actually managed to track down some guys who were uh, all over the state at all the other games. So I'm really excited to get dive into those and find out what they have to say about the games that they got to witness in person. Yep. And our first guest for the pod and for tonight, that is Mr. James Murphy. He is with the Norfolk daily news sports department, and he was up at the Stanton Clarkson Lee game where the Patriots pulled off a big time upset, a 54 to 12 win. And James, first question I'll ask was, was this your first time seeing the Patriots in person this season? It was not. I saw them in week two. They played Pender in a game that was moved to the afternoon. Uh, So I had seen a lot of like traits that I thought were very valuable to making a state title run. Even then Uh, the Patriots, they do a lot of flying around to the ball. They, they run really fast on both sides. They hit you really hard. They play physical and they wear you down. So yeah, it was good to see them again in, granted, much, much different conditions. That day in Pender, was it was scalding, but it felt like the exact opposite on Friday night. Yeah, and that's actually really funny that you say that because Smith and I haven't been able to see Clarkson Lee in person, but we've tried to watch as many games and watch as much tape as we ha- can throughout the season. And Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Pender game was kind of the first time we both were able to really sit down and chew through some Clarkson Lee tape. And I think we both came away pretty high from that one pretty high on them as well. Yeah, it was. I had it going going on as we were getting the the little one kind of ready to go to the Bloomfield football game. And uh, yeah, I I think James hit the nail on the head. I think they do a really good job of rallying to the football and then they got some serious speed on both sides of the ball and they hit hard. I mean, it's when you hit hard when in the heat like they did against the Pender in the Pender game, it's one thing. But being able to do it in the cold, that that just wears on your opponent, like he said. So, yeah, that was definitely one that I came away impressed with against Pender for sure. So this Stanton team, I mean, that was that team was no joke, James. Everybody, a lot of people around the state, especially once Jackson Roberts for North Platte St. Pat's got hurt, honestly kind of looked at this team as a real, real title contender. But the Patriots just, I mean, going on the road in the semifinal and just absolutely putting a whooping on them. I, I, I don't know, from that game individually, was there something that Clarkson Lee was doing that really stood out to you? I think it really came down to physicality in the end. And frankly, like I knew that they were a physical team. And for some reason, I didn't think it was enough to win. Quite frankly, I shouldn't have because they came in and they played exactly the way they wanted to from the word go. They had a physical game where Stanton did not get as much going offensively and Clarkson Lee made it an ugly game. And the second they started scoring in the second quarter, you could kind of feel that, okay, wow, they have a stranglehold on this game and it doesn't look like they're going to let go. And they never did. Uh, James, I got a question, another question for you here. Uh, as far as individual performances go, we know Clarkson Lee's a pretty good team, um, kind of spearheaded by Kyle Kasich in that running role. But, uh, is there any other like individual players that you kind of saw that just kind of caught your caught your attention? I know Kasich had a big night as far as yardage goes, um, and get behind that offensive line. But is there one other just kind of kid that just kind of stood out to you? 
Well, Kasich is obviously a tremendous part and a big reason why they are where they are. He's a guy that they can lean on and really carry a lot of the load um, in any event. I, but I think what I think an underrated part of that offense, I think, has to be Ryan Burkacic, the quarterback. A lot of what they run is option based, and he is the one making the read to determine do I want to keep this or do I want to pitch it back? And making that judgment is crucial to being able to either get maybe one yard or getting a few more yards to keep the drive going. So he's a big X factor in that offense. And I'd say defensively, I think the the guy who spearheads that defense and is really kind of a big leader on that team, you got to talk about Drew Beeson. Uh, he is the epitome of everything that that Clarkson lead defense wants to be. Everything I just mentioned earlier with that physicality and with that flying to the ball and hitting you hard for all 48 minutes, he embodies that to a T. And I think also Mason Whitmore is one of those guys, again, with a lot of that big-time leadership, very vocal leader for this team. And so I, I think those four definitely stand out to me as guys who are a big, big reason why Clarkson Lee is where they are. Yeah, and you talk about Beeson. That was the guy who I just, when I watched back the first half tape of that game, I just saw that the front, kind of front four or five guys, of the front four or five, the D-line and the linebacker core for Clarkson Lee, they were just absolutely blasting Stanton off the ball. That was really impressive. Like like you said, I don't think, I don't think it's superlative to continue mentioning the physicality that they played with and then, and I think it's really interesting the idea that you brought up with with Brachachik because this option attack and the opponent that they're going to have to face in the state championship now, when you think about Neely Oakdale, Neely Oakdale scored a huge upset win over a St. Pat's team. And that's a physical St. Pat's team that likes to run the ball, but not necessarily with us quite as much kind of read and react option style run game as what Clarkson Lee brings to the table. So I'm interested to see how that style matches up and I'm curious if you've had I I'm guessing that covering out in Norfolk you've probably had a chance to see a little bit of Neely as well this season and I'm wondering if you've got any thoughts about kind of how that matchup might look well I think what Neely Oakdale did in that game against St. Pat's is they kind of put to bed the trope of how they're not necessarily a physical team because obviously with Cooster and with those wide receivers Whitesell first and O'Gadekin among many others um I guess there was a reputation that they might've been more of a finesse team, but they are not. They are very physical. Cooster, if you get one-on-one -on -one with him, he, he might run you over. He is a very physical He's a very physical quarterback who can hurt you with his legs as much as his arm. And I think that physicality combined with a very good coach and Ron Beacom, who is I think now going on his 10th year there is going to make that a tough out for anybody. So, I mean, that's a very complete team that is playing very well at the right time. And especially that defense for Neely Oakdale, I think it's been very big for them. But I think if Clarkson Lee is going to, if, if, if Clarkson Lee wants to win, they're going to need to keep the ball out of Aiden Cooster's hands. And I think to an extent, Neely Oakdale knows that, that I think time of possession is going to be huge here. It's going to be about, who can hold on to the ball for longer and who can capitalize once those long drives are over. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I think if uh, Clerks Lee wants to win, win this one, they got to keep, keep it on the ground. Like they like to do uh, kind of slow down the game. Temps won't be as cold or they're not supposed to be as cold as they were last week. So that'll, that'll help a little bit of that, but yeah, as much as you can keep it out of uh, Cooster's hands for sure, that's, that's a ticket. And uh, 
you had dropped name drop Beeson as one of your guys that stood out to you. Uh, I pulled up his stats as we were sitting here just kind of talking and uh, he has 123 total tackles on the season and no one else is close on the team. No one, no one else is above, no one else is above 72. So when I was watching the, we were kind of watching the game on the way back from Trenton um, on Friday night. And I just remember just constantly hearing his name get called and just kind of seemed, seemed like he was everywhere. Well, it seems like that's how that's been the case all season. I mean, just, he's got over 10 tackles a game. I mean, just, just all over the place. So I think, uh, I think if he gets going the way that he's been going all season, I think uh, Aiden Cooster is going to have a, a little bit of a trouble trying to run him over because he's a hard hitting guy for sure. All right. Well, uh, James, um, I mean, any, any other final thoughts that kind of stood out to you from that Clarkson Lee Stanton game, or I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be down in Lincoln for the majority of the football state championships this coming week. I will. Yeah. I have the D two D one on Monday and C two C one on Tuesday. It's going to be a fun couple of days and I can't wait in terms of this game. I think this is probably, you could make the argument. This is the biggest coin toss of either of the six games being played down there. Um, we're going to get a lot of close ones, but with this one, I think you truly don't know what's going to happen. It could come down to a two point conversion or some kind of thing. It could come down to one play. So definitely tune into this one. I think it could, I think it has the potential to be the best game that we have this entire weekend. That's saying something. Cause I think they're all going to be great. Yeah, it should be a really, really fun weekend. All right. Well, uh, and while we, and while we got you here, James, I mean, do you have any, any stories or anything that have come out recently that you want to plug? I think I, I think I saw that you just recently here did a pretty nice, pretty nice piece on Hal's Dodge as well. I did. They are headed to the state championship the second straight year. And I think they are going to play uh, what I think will be another terrific game. I think hours before you, Oakdale and Clarkson Lee kick off. I mean, you guys saw Hitchcock County in person. You guys know that they are about as dominant as you can be, at least on paper. And I think that that clash between them and Howell's Dodge once again is going to go to the wire. Uh, I can't wait to see that one. It's going to be interesting to see how things go. Yeah, yeah sure. I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, you, you talked about how I've been kind of saying since we got saw these two matchups, I think Class D is the place to be uh, down down there in Lincoln. I think these two games are going to be extremely good for different reasons. I think uh, this D1 game is going to be what I think will be the more exciting of the two where, like you said, it could come down to a two point conversion or just kind of a crazy onside or a turnover that bounces the right way kind of deal. And I think that D two game is just going to be a slug fest where it's just two super physical teams, just going at each other all night and just kind of seeing who can go four quarters. I guess that's a morning game, but so not all night, but yeah, I think, I think class D is going to be extremely exciting. Yeah, we might be a little bit biased being the 8x80 pod, but yeah, we're definitely <laughs> going to be locked into those Class D games. But otherwise, James, thanks so much for hopping on. Uh, thanks so much for uh, just kind of giving us some insight to a game that we weren't able to get to in person. And everybody, if you're, you heard James talk about the, all the different games that he'll be down at the out down at state covering for the state championships for football. So make sure you're following him and the entire Norfolk daily news sports team for some great, great coverage for those teams coming out of the Northeast uh, Northeastern part of the state. Thanks uh, Austin and Tyler for having me always happy to talk with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate, appreciate it, man.
And now for our third and final interview of that. Well, I suppose third and final recording. We're probably not, I'm probably not going to play these in order, so I don't know why I said that. But our, the final interview that we're rolling through tonight, um, a guy that I work with plenty uh, is the KBRX out of KBRX sports director on 102.9 FM out of O'Neill, Tyler Holcomb. And Tyler, you were on the call for the for the Neely Oakdale Warriors big time upset of. North Platte St. Pat's last week. I mean, let's just start right at the top. What was like, what, what's your big takeaway from seeing that big win for the Warriors? You know, I wasn't sure going into that game, whether or not Neely Oakdale was going to be able to hold up in the trenches and North Platte St. Pat's being as big and as physical as that team was and what they had done all season long, both offensively and defensively. I mean, you look at this offense for North Platte St. Pat's and they averaged 55 points per game going into that game and well over 250 yards on the ground. And and then defensively, had only given up on average 13 points per game. They were only giving up 187 yards total defensively, 47 of those 187 being through the air. And Neely Oakdale, not only do they dominate the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively, but Aiden Cooster, he kind of did what Aiden Cooster does all season long, and he finishes with eight total touchdowns, five of which were through the air, three on the ground, 180 yards rushing, over 340 yards passing. Um, he, he made a defense that was literally holding opponents to uh, no points or very little all season long, and he, he exposed them all, all night long. I mean, they were in a great rhythm the whole time. It was... It was impressive to watch. I, 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 I think we all kind of went into this one thinking that if Neely Oakdale was going to have a shot, it, it was going to be Aiden Cooster making big plays and, and creating those explosive plays, but we weren't sure how they were going to hold up defensively. Well, they answered the bell both offensively and defensively in this matchup. And, uh, you know, after what I watched there, even though this Clarkson Lee team took care of business against Stanton, I have to feel like Neely Oakdale is the favorite going into that state championship game. A large part of Aiden Cooster, but uh, you also look at that offensive line for offensive and defensive line, for that matter, for Neely Oakdale. You have a guy like Landon Trader up front, a senior, six foot one, 245 pound guy. He, he's, he's that guy that kind of sets the tempo on that line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. So, yeah, just to, to round that out, you, you look at Neely Oakdale and a uh, really impressive squad. So, Tyler, I've got a question for you. Uh, on our podcast last week, I talked about how if Neely was smart, they would not be kicking it uh, to North Platte St. Pat's. And really, from the from the clips that I saw, um, we were kind of flipping back and forth between games on the way back from Trenton on Friday. But it, it seemed like every time that Neely Oakdale would kick it deep to him, it just seemed like North Platte St. Pat's would break off a big, big return. And that would just kind of lead into their offense. I mean, really you take away a couple, I think there was like three big kick returns. You take those away and the score is even more lopsided than it, than it is. I think. Oh so, yeah. Absolutely. So my, my question is, is, is that for a team, for a defense, that's kind of coming into its own right here later on in the season and kind of, and being able to stop such an explosive offensive North Platte St. Pat's what's, what's the deal there on kick returns? I mean, is it, are they putting in some underclassmen trying to get them some varsity reps are they just more of a team that just has to kind of rally to the ball defensively or 
maybe just kind of miss some open field tackles. I mean, what's going on over there? Well, you know, just watching the game tape and, and what I saw, and, and this was something that Neely did, uh, Neely Oakdale did uh, a couple of different times. They were switching between Aiden Cooster and Bryson Gaddikin, of course. I'm, I'm sure all of our Neely Oakdale fans and anyone in the area that's that's paid attention to the Warriors this season would see that Aiden Cooster and Bryson Gaddikin are some of the best defenders on that defense who, by the way, right now in the playoffs, are playing some of their best football of their careers, uh, but also of the season. And uh, and they've looked really impressive on the defensive side. But uh, it's it's been kind of a breakdown of plays. And a, a large part of that is, is, you know, against Riverside, Andrew Crick returned one for a touchdown. Uh, and you also saw Molt return one for a touchdown. Those are just two really good explosive athletes. One in Molt being a sophomore had... Uh, really good verified speed on on uh, uh, in track, and then Crick being a senior, just a, a talented, experienced player. Uh, but then on the other side for North Platte St. Pat's, they had William Motes, a, a junior running back who has been the second leading rusher for North Platte St. Pat's, returning those deep kicks, and he just showed that explosiveness uh, and, and ability to evade defenders. And and what seemed like was happening for Neely Oakdale is they would get Motes clogged up but then everyone would lose their lane integrity and Motes was able to just make a couple guys miss and you know once once you make a couple guys miss an eight-man football there's not a lot of left uh, not a lot of guys left there so he made a couple uh, a couple guys miss uh, really more his athleticism uh, than I think it was uh, a coverage error from from Neely Oakdale but I think they might have lost a little integrity in, in their gaps and in their assignment uh, which led to two big returns for Motes, and then another uh, play that allowed uh, North Platte St. Pat's to get into Neely Oakdale territory was was a fumble by Aiden Cooster on a third and two. Looked like a routine quarterback run right back up the middle, loses it right before halftime. North Platte St. Pat's gains some momentum due to that, uh, and, and they're able to, to to take a short field. Uh, and into the end zone. But yeah, that is something that I, I think Neely Oakdale is going to want to try to clean up. It seemed like in the second half, uh, they were squibbing the, the, the kick downfield a, a little bit more. And I think because of that, it wasn't allowing Moats or whoever was back to return it for North Platte St. Pat's to, to get ahead of steam. And, and I think that's got to be the game plan, especially when you're going up against a Clarkson Lee team that has guys uh, like Kyle Kasich uh, that could be back there and, uh, and, and, and be a hazard as well. So, so you're basically saying it, it's, it has more to do with, uh, with just running into three really good returners here this, the past couple of weeks, as, as opposed to just the, the struggles as far as the open field tackling goes and, uh, kind of giving yourself that kind of gives them a note to maybe looking at the film, kind of something to clean up is that lane integrity. And if they were finding some success, kind of squibbing it, which for a lot of kids, that's kind of tough to do. If you're used to kicking it deep, trying to kick it short, actually is a lot, lot more challenging skill than I think a lot of people give it credit. Um, and sometimes that kind of turns into a, a mistake where it gets kicked out of bounds or kick, kick too short. And then you're giving up good field position anyway. Um, so that's, I think you're right. I think they do kind of try and clean that up, um, going, going into the state championship game against Clarkson Lee, who you, you already mentioned has, has some serious weapons. So that's, that's something to get cleaned up. Do you see kind of another thing that they have to be able to improve on going into this game that just kind of stood out where it's, I mean, they played 
pretty close to a perfect game against what we already talked about being one of the top defenses in the state. Um, is there something else that just kind of stood out to you where if they clean that up, boy, they're, they're right there. You know, honestly, I, I didn't really see anything that was glaring that you're like, wow, that, that's, that's going to cause a problem for them in, in a state championship game or, uh, or, or coming up into this final. Uh, honestly, there wasn't any glaring thing. I, I thought the, the, the biggest glaring thing uh, that has, has kind of bit them a little bit the last two weeks in the quarterfinal and then in the semifinal was their, their kickoff coverage. But if they can sure that up, I, I feel pretty good about really everywhere else that, uh, that, that they're looking uh, you, you, you go back and yeah, they, they played about as good of a game as, as they could have played against that North Platte St. Pat's team. I mean, there was only one drive that, uh, that North Platte St. Pat's against that Neely Oakdale defense went down the whole field. And that was a run by high rigs that he took 50 plus yards and, uh, a player that doesn't get recognized on that play is high rigs takes it all the way down about the five yard line, but Colson Krebs a defensive back uh, for Neely Oakdale stops him, and that takes another two minutes off the clock. So uh, North Platte St. Pat's eventually scores on that drive, but it, it's those plays from Neely Oakdale that, again, continues to take time off the clock, especially when you have a lead. It's the the, the awareness that they have uh, in the game uh, that is just really special about this Neely Oakdale squad, and 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 that kind of resonates from from their quarterback in Aiden Cooster and and the game plan that Coach Beacom has. I mean, Aiden Cooster looks like a cool customer out there, and a large part of that is uh, just the confidence that his coach has in him to go out and and call the plays and and do everything that he uh, expects him to do. But but then everyone else around him also you know kind of plays up to that level. You always look at great players that. That, that that get other guys to become better. I think Aiden Cooster is, is that guy for, for this team. So I don't see any glaring weaknesses for them. Um, I, I think they're going to be taking on a really, really good Clarkson Lee team that's going to want to be physical, going to want to run the ball. Um, but I think Neely Oakdale really kind of gets an advantage because they play a North Platte St. Pat's team that wanted to be so physical with them in that semifinal game, uh, you know, I, I think that prepared him well for this Clarkson League game. It, you mentioned kind of the similarities between St. Pat's and Clarkson Lee, and I think those are really appropriate to consider and bring up. Again, both very very run oriented, very power based teams, but I think they both approach that run in a diff, in a very different style. And I think that that's and that's kind of and that's kind of where my next question leads because we've talked a lot about that Neely Oakdale defense, and I think. And I want you to correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, because when I as I watched it and I think we kind of danced around this idea a little bit on the radio last night as well, as I watched that game, it really felt like with North Platte St. Pat's, whether it was Moats getting the ball, Heirig's getting the ball, Trashinsky getting the ball or Trashinsky dropping back for the play action pass to Erickson. A guy was going to get the ball on the play and that's just who was going to get the ball on the play. It didn't feel like there was at least an. As I as I watch it, I didn't feel like I was seeing a lot of kind of option or misdirection. There was no misdirection. Coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No misdirection, and if that played a role, if that I feel like that played a role in really helping that Neely defense be able to trust their first read and play aggressively. And this Clarkson Lee team comes in with much more of kind of an option veer style attack with Ryan Berchachik and Kyle Kasich, and I'm just 
I'm not sure how if what if that different style of rush rushing power based offense changes how they have to almost attack defensively. You know, when I talked to Coach Beacom uh, today, and he he spoke about that exact same thing because I said I basically asked him the the same question of do you do, does it benefit you that you've played North Platte St. Pat's? You saw that physical run game. Uh, to, to now see this physical run game with uh, Clarkson Lee. And he agreed that he felt like, uh, in principle, these teams want to, you know, pound the rock. They don't look to throw the ball. I mean, uh, Clarkson Lee didn't attempt a single pass in that uh, semifinal game against Stanton. Um, but you're right, Austin. Th- this is a team that is, is going to want to more line up in that veer type of an offense. They want to get misdirection going. Uh, and and Brachacek, is a guy that Coach Beacom talked very highly of. He said, you know, I think Kyle Kasich is a great running back, but that quarterback they have in Brachacek, uh, he's a real gamer because he knows the correct read within that option offense. And uh, you guys know as, as well as anyone that when you get an option game uh, where the quarterback knows his reads and doesn't make mistakes on those reads, it becomes so much more of a stress on that defense uh, and yeah, absolutely. Neely Oakdale is going to have to play disciplined defense against this team uh, because they are going to see a lot of that option look. Um, and Brachacic is one of the best at doing that. So uh, I would compare this Clarkson Lee team a lot to uh, EPPJ team that we saw uh, this season when Peyton Hofer and Jack Wimhoff were healthy. That was a team that liked to run the triple option veer. Uh, I don't know so much that Clarkson Lee does more of that triple option, but uh, th- I think that's the, the the type of level of uh, player that you're getting with Brachacek, uh at that quarterback position. And I think he's a similar to a Peyton Hofer, has that ability with his legs on the season, 136 carries, 731 yards, uh, rushing with 12 total touchdowns. Uh, and then through the air, he hasn't done a lot, 24 uh, att- uh, 24 completions out, out of 45 attempts. So uh, just about 53% through the air for 545 yards uh, and, and just eight touchdowns to two interceptions. So uh, I, I think what uh, Bracacic does, though, is is he really gives a, a, a good look in that option. And, and that's going to be something that will stress that Neely Oakdale defense. Yeah, we actually we had a guy on earlier in James Murphy from Norfolk Daily News that also brought up um Rachachik that how important it, it, he is and how he kind of stand stood out as somebody other than Kyle Kasich as somebody who's important and just kind of an overall good individual performance because that is such an important role of being able to make the right reads um and if he doesn't hand it off he's still still going to be just as lethal with his legs I think the the EPPJ comp was spot on between the two two weapons that they had that went down to injury. Um, I think I think that's spot on as far as the importance of Peyton Hofer for that offense is what Brachacic has for this offense. I think that's right on the money there. Um, yeah, I, uh, Austin, I I I, th- I think that was one of the better comps I've heard for the last couple of days. Listen, we have Holcomb on partially because he was available, partially because we do believe he knows what he's talking about. There is, <laughs> hey, I tried. It's both. We're not, it we're, both. And we're not going to say which percentage is which. Yeah, uh, we're not going to two categories. And, and also, having him on is nice, so I can get ever, so I can get you both on the same Skype, so I can clear up with everybody that there are two Tylers in my life <laughs> that I spend point. a lot of time talking high school football about. So you gotta. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just surrounded by Tylers, and they on all they do is make comps. That's <laughs> that is true. That's that's pretty. It's that's just usually it's what different. I'm going through. It's a it's exactly. a good name. It's a good name. So yeah, <laughs> knowledgeable. Well, very yes. knowledgeable name. Just yes. smart, smart individuals. All right. across the board. <laughs> <laughs> we sincerely, we do really appreciate you jumping on. And in case anybody's wondering, KBRX will be down there for that D1 championship. And it'll be Holcomb and Tyler. I don't even know who's going to be. Who's? Do you know who's going to be on the call? I don't know who you're taking for your color I guy. Got, for the championship. got Tim Hansen joining me on the call. He joined me for that semifinal game uh, against North Platte St. Pat's. So uh, he'll be joining me on uh, on Monday. 2.45 is when the game is set to kick off. And uh, we're going to actually start with a 45-minute long pregame show. Uh, we're going to get everything going at 2 p.m. on Monday. Uh, because we have interviews with uh, Coach Beacom and Coach Clarkson. Uh, I think Coach Beacom went over 11 minutes. I'm interviewing Coach Clarkson tomorrow morning. Uh, so really excited for this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think a lot of points could be scored. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I really like what, uh, what Aiden Kuster and, uh, and, and Coach Beacom uh, have planned for, for this game. And if they have it drawn up, drawn up the way they uh, did it against North Platte St. Pat's. Uh, I, I think this will be the first time in program history that they bring home a state title. Yeah, if they can get that accomplished, I think we might have to circle the wagons again and talk about Aiden Cooster's place on the Nebraska high school football Mount Rushmore. That's listen, that, that's pending the championship, but boy, oh boy. <laughs> listen, he's on. He's already uh, George Washington on the eight man uh, Mount Rushmore in my yeah. opinion in the state of Nebraska. Um, and he should be on the Mount Rushmore of the national eight man, uh, yep. uh high school for, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, he has the, he has the total yards record in, uh, in, in the country. I, I think I said it in my broadcast last Friday night that, uh, that Aiden Cooster is, uh, one of the best eight man football players to ever do it. And that wasn't me. Uh, that wasn't me preaching to the to, to, to the fan base or anything like that. I, I really believe that. That 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 is a special player uh for Neely Oakdale. Yeah, yeah it's good as it it's done it. Yeah, and he's he's a blast to watch. I mean I mean on the ground with his arm on defense. I mean he's he's just one of those kids that as a coach you you just love to have on your team. And as a fan of just football in general, it's so easy to get behind him. I mean doesn't doesn't showboat or anything along those lines i mean just a fun fun kid to watch and i'm right there with you i'll pound i'll pound the table to get him on the national mount rushmore board for sure we'll see what we can do there but uh <laughs> one more thing uh ron beacom did say uh, i know we're, we're really laying it on with uh aiden cooster but uh he did say uh that uh you know coaches usually like their 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 best player to be their hardest worker and and that's exactly what Aiden Cooster is. He's their, their he's their hardest worker. He sets the example, uh, and that's uh, allowed for guys like uh, Weitzel, Krebs, Gattigan, Payne uh, to 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 really up their game uh, when it's been the most important. Uh, I mean, we haven't even we didn't even talk about Bryson Gattigan. The fact that this season had 85 receptions for almost 1,200 yards uh, and nine touchdowns. I mean, just unbelievable uh cast around Aiden Cooster this year and and uh I, I they need just as much credit because they have uh they've uh they've been able to to, to make plays after the catch as well because 
Uh, you look at this Neely Oakdale team, this is a team that doesn't, they don't throw the ball 40 yards down the field. They run a lot of tunnel screens. They run a lot of drags. Um, it's just dink and dunk passes that some of these skill players are able to, uh, are able to break off. So uh, it, it's just really fun to watch this entire team play. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's an exciting team, and it should be an exciting state championship. And I might be a little biased, but I think you'll have about as exciting of coverage as you'll find for that game if you tune into KBRX. So make sure you catch them on the web at kbrx.com, or if you're in the area up here in north central Nebraska, click on that 102.9 FM because I'm obviously guys that I work with a lot, but I think Tyler and Tim will – He'll do as good a job as anybody in giving you everything that needs to be said about an awesome game like that. But all right, Holcomb, again, enjoy the game down there. Should be a fun one. And again, thanks for hopping on. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm definitely down to do this again. And uh, Tyler, I appreciate all the time, all the stuff that you've helped with uh, with us at KBRX. I I know you and Austin have uh, have done some some great coverage for us. So I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, you guys will need to, uh, I mean, Austin, you're already on the Dog Pound Sports Show, but Tyler, we're going to have to get you on, especially with basketball coming up here. So uh, definitely reach out to me. I'm always down to, to join you guys, and, uh, and you guys can always join me on the Dog Pound Sports Show too. So uh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it, Tyler. All right. Well, thank you to James Murphy of the Norfolk Daily News and Tyler Holcomb of 102.9 FM KBRX for hopping on with us. And Smith, let's get into our own thoughts and preview here of that D1 championship between, surprisingly enough, Neely Oakdale and Clarkson Lee. And I mean, just we same thing I asked. I'm asking all the guests just first impression. You look at the matchup. What's your first thought? Um, my first thought is I think this is going to be a really exciting game. I think these are two teams that could put up a lot of points in a hurry, um, play really good defense down the stretch here. Um, just kind of, this, this just strikes me as being the most exciting game out of the two eight man games. And really one of the more exciting style games that you'll probably see during championship week. Um, I'm super excited to catch this one in the afternoon. Um, you got a five seed in Neely Oakdale going against the seven seed of Clarkson Lee. Both teams had one loss on the season. Um, coincidentally, Neely Oakdale's came against uh, uh, Howell's Dodge, who's competing in D2 for a championship. Um, Clarkson Lee's um, came against Cross County, who was a what we thought was going to be a deep playoff run team that just kind of tripped up there in the first round against a weeping water team that went on a crazy run. Um, both these teams took their losses and since those two losses have just been on a tear, it's like they learned what they needed to fix. And sometimes that's what it takes for some of these teams that kind of sneak in a little bit lower seeds, not your top three where they get beat once and then they go, okay, back to the drawing board, figure out what we got to fix. And really, I think both teams have done it. I mean, this is going to be an exciting game, Austin. Yeah, it's just, I think we're just as we talked through that one with Holcomb and thinking especially about, you know, the intricacies of the Neely Oakdale offense and all the and all the different exciting things that they do and the option attack of Clarkson Lee and how that matches up with a defense that's playing really well, but 
maybe hasn't seen this style of an option attack yet in Neely Oakdale. This is, I guess, for me, a very, a very intellectually stimulating game in terms of how all of those pieces mesh together and make it interesting. And I guess my biggest thing is if I I don't think that this, even if Neely plays an exceptionally great game like they did against St. Pat's, I don't think this is a Clarkson Lee team that they're going to be able to blow out just with the way this team is able to run misdirection run and just get enough yardage even to, to keep the clock moving and control the ball. Even if they're not getting massive plays on the ground that like we mentioned, that one loss was a hail Mary against cross County and everything else. They, they even, they even had games this season where they didn't play particularly well, but still won, but still won in a low scoring affair, particularly their, that 22 to nothing win that Clarkson Lee had over Bancroft Rosalie Rosalie really, really sticks in my mind. And I'm just, so I, I, I really like Neely Oakdale's odds in this game. I feel really, really good about just the things that Neely Oakdale can do and their ability to just, to just kind of have an offense that can overcome even when it feels like you might have him stimmied. But I don't think this is a Clarkson Lee Patriots squad that they're going to be able to you know, get a three touchdown lead on and try to keep at arm's length. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to be a, a fly on the wall um, around these offensive and defensive coordinators, just kind of scheming against each other. Cause these are two, two really tough offenses to game plan around because they do something so different that you don't really see. I mean, um, Neely Oakdale uses a lot of those short receiver screens, kind of quick one or two reads for, Cooster, and then it's if it's not there, take off with his legs. Um, which, if you're, I mean, a lot of these eight man uh, defenses are running man man defenses. That's tough to do when with a screen style play. And then it's even tougher if they kind of send some guys a little bit deeper or into those middle routes because those corners have their backs turned. And then that's when Cooster's the most dangerous is when he's just kind of taken off because everybody's facing the wrong direction. And then you've got that Veer style offense over there for Clarkson Lee that kind of option style where if, if you're not used to seeing it, which Neely Oakdale's not used to seeing it ran to this kind of level, that's a tough, tough offense to game plan around. And they've only, only got a little over a week. I mean, week, about a week and a half kind of, but just the interest intricacies of this game where it's going to be offense versus defensive coordinators. I, I, I would love to just be, around to hear kind of the frustrations on both sides um, as they kind of pick and choose through this game. Yeah. What wrinkles both teams have to kind of roll out in that first quarter, quarter and a half. And then even more so, I think, I think this is a game that this could very easily be a game decided by second half adjustments that I, Mm -hmm. the way these two teams, just all of the different moving parts that exist within this matchup. It really feels like one that's going to have those adjustments and then the adjustment to the adjustment and just an absolute chess match. Yeah. That's, that's what I think of when I, when I see this game um, is just a chess match between um, these two coaching staffs and being able to adapt and throw those wrinkles. I mean, we've seen Clarkson Lee run that double reverse flea flicker, whatever you want to call it a couple different times. And, and I think it's going to take a, kind of trick trick kind of style or just kind of wrinkle type play like maybe neely oakdale runs one of their wide receiver screens but takes one of their blockers and sneaks them out the back end for a deep shot just 
kind of something along those lines where as these two offenses, you're you're as a defensive team, you're kind of scheming around their offense and trying to stop it because they do do their own thing and they do it so well. And then once that wrinkles in there, I mean, that could be a one play touchdown if you're not on it all game long and really just I think it's going to be one one play where it's a two point conversion or a turnover or just who can be locked in for the full four quarters is just going to kind of win this game. And I think it's going to be super close scoring, but I I think you're right as far as neither team being able to kind of pull away per se. Yeah, it should be absolutely great. Uh, If you like points, then this is going to be the game for you on Monday. The other two, uh, well, I suppose class A's on class A's on Monday. So no, that that one would be a, Low That's a low scoring one too. Yeah, but if it's anything like last year, it will be. So you got the D two one that'll be low scoring. Class A it'll be low scoring, and then Tuesday's probably going to kick off with a low scoring C two as well. So if you like points, make sure you catch this one because there may not be a lot of other ones. A lot of just racing up and down the turf down there at Memorial Stadium. But again, this one kicking off at two forty five, like we mentioned before with Holcomb. KBRX 102.9 FM out of O'Neill will have the live coverage of this one. They're going down there with the Neely Oakdale Warriors. You can also catch the stream on the NSAA website or Nebraska Public Television. We'll be carrying that over the airwaves as well. But uh, before we move on, Tyler, I think it's only fair. We haven't done pickums of any kind in a while, but I think we better both. I, be, I think we better pick. T- I think we better pick winners for the championship game. <laughs> Well, I, I'm a fan of not doing pickums lately because you beat me in the regular season. I'm kind of glad we didn't go through the postseason because I'd have had I'd have had some wrong ones in the postseason. And I don't I don't think we have to do this pickum style. I think we can allow we can allow us to both pick the same team if we want to. It is again, it's the championship. It's time to just let's lay it out who you think's gonna win. Uh, I'm I'm gonna roll with kind of what the other Tyler was saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Neely Oakdale, um, in Cooster at the helm. I I, I love their passing style attack don't get me wrong I, I also really like the option style that Clarkson Lee runs but I think just the versatility of that passing attack that Neely does where they kind of can work the short game middle game and then maybe even catch on a deep shot as well as quarterback run and uh I, I, I it's just hard for me to bet against the number one producing yardage for eight-man football in in the nation in, in Aiden Cooster. It's, it's just hard for me to bet against that. Um, Neil, this would be Neely's first title. I, I don't know. I, it just, just feels like that's the way it's going to go for me. Yeah. I, this is an incredibly compelling game. One that I can make just a multitude of cases on both sides of the ball. But as you see, at so many levels of football, as it all comes down to who's got the start when it's, when it's, when it's time, when it's winning time, Who's got the star quarterback? And Aiden Cooster is as big of a star at the quarterback position as as there's been. And I, it's yeah, they might lose. Neely Oakdale could lose this game, and I don't want to say in any way, shape, or form that it's a sure thing. But if you're if I'm picking the game, if I'm picking, I think I gotta pick the. I gotta. It's hard. I just can't pick against that quarterback. And and <laughs> the the tough decision that we have to make for picking this game is exactly what you want in your championship games. Yes. I think these two matchups that we're going to cover are the closest matchups you'll have in all classes. And, and I'll pound the table about that. I mean, I could be totally wrong come Monday at say five o'clock, but I really think that this is exactly what you want for your championship games. Both these teams match up really well. Um, 
both of them have unique styles but are similar in different ways um i I just i really love the the matchups we have in d1 and d2 and and that's exactly what you want for championship week you don't want one style let's say a ground and pound style versus a complete air raid because then you you just kind of see some lopsidedness these are these are going to be a lot of fun to watch and and i love that for championship game yeah going to be absolutely perfect so we're both riding with the Warriors at Aiden Cooster, but I don't. I think we're both planning on sweating it out plenty. So again, D1 Championship, 2:45 on Monday, the 21st from Memorial Stadium, be a good one. Let's move in now to our next set of interviews. All right, and now we are lucky enough to be joined by Mike Renning and Mike Renning with the. Uh, Norfolk Daily News Sports Department as well, and he was over for the Howells Dodge Central Valley game. Central Valley, kind of the Cinderella upstart in the D2 bracket, the 12 seed making a semifinal, but they ultimately fell 50 to 12 to Howells Dodge. And Mike, I think my first question is: Was this your is this your first chance to kind of see the Jaguar machine in motion this year? Oh heavens, no. I saw them um, earlier in the year. They played Guardian Angels, I think. And uh, some of them kind of jumbled together. But, no, they, they were Howl's Dodge. Yeah. Is, you know, anytime you see them this time of year, there's nothing that surprises you. I mean, the thing, Tyler, I think, I think I think what we've looked for all season long, neither of us seen them in person, but watch as much tape as we can. I mean, the internal question of is there a weakness? Is there is there something that stands out as is this how is there a way that somebody can get in here and give Hell's Dodge four quarters of a game, let alone let alone beat them? Because it's looked like that type of a team for the last couple seasons, obviously, is it I mean, you've seen them a handful of times. Is there could you identify something if we, you know, put a gun to your head and made you try to pick something out for that, Mike? <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to make Mike Spears mad, but think, <laughs> no, not really. I think, honestly, you could maybe point at the secondary, but they nobody gets enough time to throw the ball. It, the, Howells is just solid. Howells Dodge is far and away um the best d2 school i've seen i went to ainsworth a couple times i i saw bloomfield play a couple of times and house is house dodge is the real deal and, and they always are this time of year i would never want to play them in november I don't think you want to play him ever. <laughs> no, yeah, that, no, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> don't don't want to play him on the scheduled period, let alone in November. Yeah, yeah correct. A- end correct. of November. Yeah. Correct. Uh, correct. so Mike, you were at the game, so we all we all know Lance Brester is just an absolute animal there as a as a running back on that tight toss ISO offense that they run was there any other like one specific kid whether it be offense defense special teams that just kind of stood out to you as maybe this is next man up if something were to happen or even going into next year where it's just kind of kind of one individual performance besides Brester that kind of stood out to you um their line is probably the bread and butter you know 
Yeah. Uh, Bressler is the recipient of that line. And I think um, there was the line specifically, um, and Andy Dominguez, Mm -hmm. I even interviewed him after the game. He was, he's a stud. Um, They've got so many good guys on the line that you could plug in Brester, you could plug in the Lane Bellina, the the junior kid who is the next in line to be Brester. Sure. Um, I mean, they're they're just solid. They're and I wished I would have seen you know the team they're playing before, so I could give you an educated guess on what I think. But I just know you don't want to play Howells this time of year. No, and that that was kind of my thinking um, before being able to see Hitchcock County in person. And and honestly, out of all the teams that I've gotten to see this season, um, that the this Hitchcock County team is probably the one that I would say matches up the best with how size wise, like their skill positions guys are not not small small by any means. I don't I don't think they've got a kid that was starting either side of the ball under one seventy. Oh wow. Um, yeah, they they were a very solid bunch, and and they're mostly juniors and seniors seniors for the most part. So this will be a out of out of everybody, I think this will be the most uh, uh, evenly matched uh, as far as far as what Howells has seen so far this season. And I already yeah. told you, I I saw Bloomfield, and if they did what they did to Bloomfield, I'm a you know. I'll take. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, was, it was a really impressive showing that we saw. When Tyler and I were both down at Trenton for that Hitchcock County game, and it was just, it was impressive. And so it makes me wonder. I'm, I mean, so say they are able to truly match the physicality of Howell's Dodge, and there's, and they really are able to challenge them from a size and strength standpoint. And this is a Howell's Dodge team that has thrown a whopping 30 passes on the season. And that's not, mm-hmm. that's nothing new for a Spears team. Like that's how they, that's how they want to win. That's how they want to play. Yeah. And they're usually able to get it done. But I mean, if this is a team that kind of feels forced to go to the air, do you think that that's something that they'll be comfortable and confident doing Mike? Oh, hell oh, no. They won't be comfortable doing it, but I, I believe they could if they had to. But I don't think the mentality of how they are not going to try to do that. Okay. Like they are going to stick with what got them there. You know, you can't argue with the success that Mike Spears has had. And I don't see them discounting their whole, you know, their whole history because somebody stops them a couple of times they're going to think they're going to be able to run that ball and i believe they will um it it should be a a good old slobber knocker you know where the two the two teams line up and just beat the living heck out of each other yeah that's really what a profiles as and that's just that's just some good old-fashioned football right there yeah that'll be a nice one for Nice little wake up game for ten fifteen on a nice cool November morning. I mean, I, I guarantee I, I, you those teams won't care what time it is. No, it's going to be fun. Yeah, no. This is this is yeah. what these two teams have had circled since since the summer. So yes, that's correct. That's correct. And I think they both ended up where they thought they should be. Yep. 
I, I, I did too. Did too. Yeah, but I mean, Hitchcock County uh, semifinalist in D1 last year. Obviously, Howells Dodge, the defending D1 champion. Like I think, I think they both came in with very lofty goals, and now they're both just one game away from it. Yeah, that's correct. That's and, correct. And and I think you know, like Howells Howells Dodge probably has the history and and maybe a little bit more lineage, but um, but. Hitchcock County, they're no slouch. Anybody that can beat Bloomfield the way they beat Bloomfield, I'm I'm a believer. Yeah, that was that was a really impressive game where they they just dominated on both sides of the ball, especially their line. Um, you kind of talked about how Hal's secondary might be their it's I wouldn't call it weak spot, but weakest no, weak weaker weak weaker spot. And uh, but they don't give you yeah. they don't give you time to throw to challenge that secondary. And Hitchcock County was a lot of the same. They get they get good pressure, and uh, yeah. it, they they really just I really think these two match up extremely well. And when I saw Howells playing in Hitchcock County before we saw him in person, I told Austin I said I think these two teams look the most confident and poised. Like even if they give up a score early, which is not very often, they just don't look rattled. Like they just take their time to go line up. Yeah. I really think this will be a pretty low scoring game and I think it'll go pretty fast since they'll both keep it on the ground and neither team really gets in a hurry on offense. But I think I agree. If if you wanted to put some money on something in a high school game, I'd certainly bet under if it's yep. <laughs> If it's yeah, if it's not a big, <laughs> yeah, if, I think 30 wins you this one. Yeah. Oh, no, I think 30 would be the total. I think 20, <laughs> oh, 20, might, 20 might win this. Oh, yeah, could be. Might be Extra right. Really could, it really could be that kind of a game. Just, a, just I mean, you, you talk about a classic Big Ten style game being played in Memorial Stadium. This might be yes. it. Yeah. It might be the only one all year, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, either this or the C2 championship with uh, the yeah. Cedar Catholic and Norfolk yeah. Catholic. Those yeah. would be yeah, probably your two lowest totals of all the state championships. First yeah. one to 15, and that one's probably going to win. Yeah. All right. That's. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm great. I'm glad you guys are doing this. This is so cool. And eight man football is wonderful. I love going to eight man football. Um, I cover it a lot. I see a lot of good teams. Uh, You know, like I told you, I went to Ainsworth this year a couple of times. Jesse Owen and I are pretty good buddies. In fact, he's my my son's brother-in-law. I love it out there. I just anything west of O'Neill, I love. Ah, that's what I like to hear, baby. That's. <laughs> oh, you're barely west of O'Neill. Calm it down. Yeah, over I there. am. So. <laughs> well, Atkinson. Yeah. Hey, the, the, out here. I'm out here. West yeah. is west, I guess. Yep. Those, those uh, brats you can get at the grocery store in Atkinson. Boy. Oh yeah, good. baby. Give give the little bronze plug. Gotta love gotta love the bronze brats out there here. That's you go. That's you good. Go. It's like the Roggy Doggies, you know, the Roggy Dogs. Used yeah. To- oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just cool. man, my 
Yeah, Mike, you're you're a guy that gets around the state, and I and I appreciate it. I love I love guys like you that know those stuff that know that stuff and have just been around and have seen and have just experienced enough of the state to know those things. And like I don't know I don't know about you, Smith, but for me that was half the appeal of making a five and a half hour drive to Hitchcock oh, County last year. Sure. Just to see some more football in some different parts of the state. That's just I yes. I I, I think that's about as much fun as uh, that's just so fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's the adventure of going there. And I had you ever been to wasn't it at Trenton? Yes, yeah. I had not before. West Holt went down there for a playoff game the first round last year, but I didn't make that that trip. So this is my first time seeing that facility and it was really nice. <laughs> yeah, their their basketball yeah. court was nice. Yeah. Their football stadium. I, I love how it's set up where it's almost like a bowl. Um, yeah, I, I I loved everything about their setup. I mean, it was it was very cool. And we were even um, I stayed in McCook the night before and Austin was texting me on the way to the game. Um, I was kind of behind him by about 10 minutes and he was saying, uh, was it Colbertson? Is that yeah, what was uh, Colbertson yeah. For the elementary is the other town in the co-op there? Yeah. And he was pointing out to check out their their football field as we went by because they've got their cement bleachers just kind of imprinted in the side of a hill. And so it was cool to see kind of what what was and and uh, what became of Hitchcock County so that was that was kind yeah. of a neat little piece of history yeah. yeah and that is cool you know when you go around to places that's that's part of the cool thing someday I'll sit down and figure out where all I've been and good lord that'd be a list that's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of tax on a map there yeah it is yeah it is <laughs> yeah that is yeah yeah there, it would be a bunch of pinholes. I'll guarantee yep. you that. No, hey, you guys keep doing what you do. I really, really appreciate you having me on. I, I hope I gave you what you wanted. Howl's Dodge is going to be Howl's Dodge, and we'll just see how far that gets them. And um, I will, until I watch somebody beat Howl's Dodge, I won't believe they can get beat. Yep, that's 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 how I feel at this point. I I, I think you ought to send an invoice to Spears for some marketing consulting there, Mike. Uh, Hal's Dodge is going to be Hal's Dodge. Print the T-shirts. That's yep. that's the stuff. No, no, that's no. their team and shirts also, next year. I have, one, I have a yes. I have a question for you. Yes. Why the heck didn't you guys split up and one of you go to Hal's and one of you go to? Hitchcock County, come on. Well, here's, here's the deal. So, so Tyler has two brothers that are on the team for Bloomfield right now. So there's a fam. So we got to get okay. down there for the family. And then me being from Bloomfield, I really, I, I like to try to catch a game or two every every year if I can. And this year I hadn't yet. And I'm expecting, I'm expecting uh, my second kid here really anytime in these next couple weeks. So it was kind of a, if Bloomfield was able to pull off the road win and make it to the state championship, there was no way I was going to be able to get away. You to were going to go that one in person. So it was just kind of a, if I'm going to go to a game and I had the day off of work, it was either, it was kind of a now or never for me. <laughs> I get Plus, it. No, they, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Yeah. Just where it's at. But all right. Well, Mike, thank you so, so much for coming on. When you say you hope you gave us what we needed, you gave us everything and more. That was absolutely fantastic. It was great talking to you. And I think we'll probably try to keep your number as we 
go forward because we're hoping to do this for a few more seasons at least Tyler and I so we'll probably try to keep your number and probably pick your brain about some stuff more some more stuff later on oh as an old guy you know I got an opinion go ahead <laughs> that's all right back. that's all right if you're ever if you ever up in Bloomfield yep. catching the game I'll just shoot us an email or something and let me know and we'll try and try and meet up with you at the concession stand or something so absolutely Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure I'll get back there. They're they're not gonna start being bad all at once. <laughs> no, I, I, I think <laughs> next year they'll be <laughs> next year they should be pretty pretty similar to this year. They'll lose a couple kids and yes, they they'll be they'll be pretty solid. And they're again. just like they're just yep. like Howell's Dodge. Yep. They are gonna be what they're gonna be. You yep. stop what they're doing and you might beat them. And if you don't, you ain't you ain't gonna. So nope. yes, exactly right. So <laughs> yep. Good chatting with you fellas. Yeah, you, you too, Mike. Mike. Keep doing what again, you do. Again, yeah, Mike Renning. What you do. Thank you, Mike. Mike Renning, Norfolk Daily News. Again, thanks so much for joining, Mike. You bet. See you guys. Thanks again to James, Tyler, and Mike. All three of our interviews. So excited to be able to have guys that were boots on the ground at all of these different semifinals last week for D1 and D2. Now on to the one where Tyler and I finally got to watch a game together. We both made that trip down to Trenton and we saw the bees fall Bloomfield bees fall to Hitchcock County 48 to nothing. And listen, it was a beautiful, beautiful facility. Great people loved all the folks that we got to, meet and chat with uh, down there in Trenton. It was a great place to take in a football game, but I mean, that Hitchcock County team, Tyler, I, I, there's, er, that was a heck of, that's a physical, physical football team. And there's, I'm not sure what else there is to say about them. That was as impressive of a physically dominating performance as I can remember getting put on the bees in a long, long while. Yeah, that was uh, an extremely impressive performance uh, from from the opening kick to the the final whistle, I mean, there was no no let up in the physicality. Um, I mean, there was just some of the some of the. I mean, I've I've gotten to see every single one of the Bloomfield games so far this season in person, and uh, just just the. I don't think I've ever seen them knocked off the ball that way. I mean, it was like almost almost every play they were knocking offensive defensive linemen back. Um, I think the thing that impressed me the most about Hitchcock County is, is not necessarily like it's, it's a physicality trait, but just the fact that they're, uh, they're, they're runners when they had the ball in their hands, they're still like, it's not so much that they're falling forward, but they're almost like crawling forward. Like as they're getting tackled, they're still picking up three, four yards. And then after that, they're still diving forward for an extra yard or two. I mean, it, it was just kind of almost like a balancing type, performance where it just seemed like no matter what they were still going forward you, you very few plays did you see negative yardage for them yeah i mean they had the one they had a fumble i think was at their opening position that hit the deck yeah and then and a couple possessions later they had an interception as well but beyond that i mean it was pretty dang much pretty much dang mistake free football from the falcons and it was just just so impressive to see just them the way they operate that offense, just classic, classic quarterback triple option style, just absolutely run it down your throat. They had a couple of 
sort of explosive plays. I, I think a couple of them there towards the end of the second half when the score was certainly in hand. They had the play, deep play-action pass over the middle at the end of the first half that put them up uh, put them up 30 to nothing. But otherwise, it was a whole lot of, nope, we will just do this six yards at a time and be absolutely ecstatic doing it. And they're just very, very comfortable playing like that. Even, on, even when they would find themselves in like third or fourth and like eight plus ball, they, they never feel, felt compelled to put the ball in the air. They put the ball in the air at times because they wanted to, but they never felt, they never put the ball in the air at a point because they were quote unquote had to. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a good way to put it is they were never forced to do something that they didn't want to do. If, if they threw the ball, it was because they wanted to just to try and catch you off guard, which it, it worked for them several times. Um, outside of the, their first pass that they threw, I think it was a, an interception by Wiley Ziegler that kind of ga- gave Bloomfield a little bit of life there early after an interception of their own. Um, but yeah, just just even when they got behind on the sticks, which wasn't very often, they just seemed very poised, very confident, just kind of walk up and do their do their thing. Which honestly, their offense re- reminds me a lot of like kind of your military style offenses where they do that option, very physical, only going to put it in the air a couple times. Um, just kind of what what that reminds me of, like kind of your navy, your army. Even even your Air Force type offenses, um, and their their defense was extremely impressive. I mean, they are a hard hitting football team, and uh, it 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 shows that they have a lot of that older leadership. I mean, thirteen I think it was thirteen seniors on the team, and uh, most of their starters on both sides of the ball are that senior class. I mean, you can tell these these kids have been playing together because they they flow very well. Is is the words that you and me kind of talked about in person? Is they're they're not over the top fast, but they just flow very well to the ball. Like everybody just moves very efficiently, moves very well, and they rally extremely well. Like you, you, very few times do you have one-on-one with a kid against Hitchcock County. Yeah, you're just ne- – they never – even when teams are able to kind of string together drives, you're just never – they're never giving up chunk plays. They're yeah. always they're, – they're never out of position – they're always like, is it's never the first guy is where he needs to be. And three big dudes that are on his side are coming very shortly thereafter. Like it's just, they, they played extremely well and the defensive style. I mean, we talked about just, you look through the tape, you, you kind of ID, there seemed to be teams that could get to the red zone or near the red zone against the Falcons at times this season. I mean, especially you think about like, Sand Hills, Thedford, Dundee County, Stratton. That South Loop game was a bit of an, a little bit of an outline in terms of some of just kind of the weird scores that cropped up in it. But certainly against Sand Hills, Thedford, and Dundee County, Stratton, two of the better teams in D2 this year that were limited to one total touchdown between the two games against against Hitchcock County. They they were able to get near where you thought they might be threatening to score. But again, this defense that is just never out of position and rallies extremely well. When you give them a short field to defend, that being in position and being able to attack just becomes that much more potent. And so you think you've strung a drive together. Well, now you're just it. You've put this defense in a position where their style almost works better. And they're even tougher to deal with when they're even tougher to deal with as red zone defense. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's exactly the case. I know Bloomfield's um, 
it wasn't their first drive because they threw a pick and then got a pick thrown right back to them. But so their second drive, they they managed to get down the field, get down towards the red zone. And that that's really when you just kind of see that defense just kind of flex its muscles and tense up. Um, I, I would love I mean, you and I are some pretty big stat junkies and we pick through a lot of data. I'd I'd love to be able to find a, a red zone percentage defensively for Hitchcock County because it, it doesn't look like they give up very many. I mean, granted, they, they only give up about four points a game. They gave up 30 <laughs> all season and only six in the postseason. That's right. Six. So it's not like they're giving up points very often anyway, but I'd love to find out how many of those were just kind of like big plays. Like we saw against South Loop where they had a scoop and score for like 78 yards or something like that. I, I wonder how many times that Hitchcock County has let somebody in the red zone where they gave up the score. Cause I would bet it's, it's not very many. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, you talk about just the bananas scoring numbers that they've allowed, I imagine that the red zone percentage is pretty pretty insane as well because yeah i just that was it was a fun trip it was a fun place to see and holy hannah did we see a heck of a football team that has every right to think that they walk into lincoln with a chance to win a championship yeah and and i said it in the interview and i've I've said it to multiple people as soon as that game got over i think this is the biggest challenge howells is going to have all season and the the most a mirror style game like where that you could look across and you almost see like your, your same team. They do do things a little bit differently, but size wise, they're very, very similar um, skill position players on both sides of the ball are both all very big, very physical people. Their lines are all extremely strong, extremely big. I'm, I'm very excited for this game and I think it's going to be, like you were talking about earlier, just kind of one of those slug fests where it's just kind of your traditional Big Ten style football where it it's going to be one turnover or it, honestly, I think it's going to be come down to a lot of the two point conversions in, in these eight man game in this eight man game because neither team's going to kick a field goal. And so nope. you, you stop one of these teams on one of those three yard conversions and you're in it like that's. That's might be what it comes down to. In fact, it, my prediction is it's it's going to be a two point game, is is how I see this one going. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute brutal, brutal game and tons of fun. But I mean, I think before we get into that, we need to talk about a story that's been getting a little bit of play out of trend. I mentioned before that you know we met, we were able to meet some folks and just talk some football with some people that we maybe hadn't met before. Some knew we were part of the pod, some didn't. It was just fun to see and be around Nebraska football on another place. And obviously the people of Trenton were about as welcoming and gracious of hosts as you could want in terms of a visiting football team. But I mean, Smith, you're with your brother being on the team, you know, kind of how it played out a little bit better than I did, but I think we got, I mean, the most, (laughs) I mean, you talk about a good host. I think Hitchcock County wound up going above and beyond after the game that last Friday. Yeah. It's not very often that you, uh, you lose a game 48 to zero and then you end up or you win a game 48 to zero and you end up getting some fans from the, from the opposing team kind of rooting for you the next week. But I think that's kind of the case. Um, Bloomfield's bus actually broke down. Um, couldn't get the air brakes off. Um, so we, uh, got the kids all up to the school to shower and whatnot and kind of regroup and figure things out. And Hitchcock County actually stepped up in a big way. 
not only were they already planning on feeding the kids back up at the school, but they also um, loaded up several of the kids that weren't riding back with parents and loaded them up and drove them the, the full way back to Bloomfield and dropped them off, um, getting in at like three o'clock in the morning type deal. Um, you, you talk about Nebraska hospitality. I mean, a lot of teams would say, oh, we would do the same thing, but a lot of these games are only at most like two, three hours away. This is six hours across. I mean, other side of the state, basically. Um, so to to see kind of a a small town or even a full county just kind of step up for another small small town deal. I mean, that just kind of goes to show the the Nebraska way um, is is really really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, the Nebraska Nights was as strong as it's ever been, and it was awesome, awesome, awesome thing to see. And so I did, I, I absolutely wanted to make sure we got that shout out out there because the great, the obviously great folks of Trenton and Hitchcock County certainly deserve all, all of the props in the world for being that, for being those, that level of gracious with, again, a team that was six hours away. Frankly, there's precious few ties probably between Trenton and Bloomfield in terms of just the communities in general. And so just helping a, helping a brother out, that was, that was cool to see. So wanted to make sure we got that in there, but now I think it's time we really kind of tear apart this Howell's Dodge Hitchcock County game. I mean, you heard Mike say, Mike say it in the interview, Howell's Dodge is going to be Howell's Dodge. I think we both pretty unequivocally believe that um, that Hitchcock County is probably just going to be Hitchcock County no matter what happens. And the real question is, is which one wins out? Who, who has, who just being themselves can be more powerful, I think. Yeah. Um, kind of looking at all four of these, these teams that are in these championship games, everybody's got their own identity. They all do it like in their own way. Clarkson Lee with their beer and option and a little bit of eye formation. And then you look at Howell's Dodge with their toss ISO and then Hitchcock County, that kind of military style option, quarterback follow, uh, a few naked boots. Um, and then you got Neely Oakdale that does their their short receiver game and then their quick, quick hitting passing attack. Um, both in this matchup, both teams have their identities and they stick to them like they're not going to. I mean, Mike, Mike talked about it where they're not going to change things up if it's not successful because they know eventually it's going to work because they've seen it work game in and game out. And when you're able to perfect it all season, the way that these two teams have done it, they, they don't just go away from it just because it's not working for a little bit. I mean, one drive isn't going to change every is, is it going to shake up the world where they go away from it? They're going to trust their defenses. They're going to trust their offenses not to have turnovers and to be able to move the ball up the field. Um, when the, when the, um, the field position battle, which that that was probably one of the more impressive things that I saw Hitchcock County do in that Bloomfield game is I, I think at one point you you even said it where it's like, wow, they finally have to like mount a full drive and march down the field because it just seemed like they were always at or across midfield to start a drive. Um, I, I, I think whichever team is able to win the the field position battle in this and be able to maybe force a, a turnover, I mean these two styles are very similar and I'm, I'm really excited to see which one kind of wins out, but I, I, oh man, this is, I, I, 
I'm going to let you pick this one in, ter- in terms of who, who you think is going to. I had the tough choice last time, but I, I don't want to make the choice on this one. Yeah, and this one is every bit as tough. Uh, I mean, it just is. I is there this is this ex- I expect this to be an incredibly close game again, just like we said before, the low scoring of the low scoring type as opposed to the high scoring type that I think has a chance to break out there in D1. But I. Man. How I just think about I think about I when I think about my literally my entire kind of lifetime growing up in my career watching eight man football in Nebraska. I think it was 2006. I went with my dad down to Dodge to watch a Bloomfield game, a very, very, very good Bloomfield team that went to Dodge that year. And that was a year that I believe Dodge won the state championship and Bloomfield got absolutely hammered 46 to six. I think about, um, a couple of times that Bloomfield, the last time Bloomfield was in a state championship, they played Howells. They lost that game. I just think yep. about or the Howells teams that played against Bloomfield with multiple D1 athletes on the multiple D1 athletes on those Howells teams. When I was in high school, there were, again, strong Bloomfield teams that just really, really struggled to have much success against those Howells squads. I've, I've never in my life known Howells and Dodge to not be a high level football team and just at this I've reached the point where betting against them just feels like bad business. I I I think Hitchcock County can win this game. I think they are built as well as anybody to go toe to toe toe to toe with Howells Dodge, but picking against that pro, picking against that program just doesn't <laughs> It doesn't feel like the wise choice to me, even if it does wind up biting me. It's probably similar to how Howell's Dodge is going to approach this game. We're going to keep running the ball because, I mean, it's never not worked. I'm, I'm gonna throw my, I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring here with Howell's Dodge because that's a, I mean, when has that not worked at a state championship level? It's not very often. <laughs> I, I think you, you said it perfectly there that you're betting on the program, not, not necessarily betting on this team. But just the fact that they've, it seems like they're always there and they're always like, like think of, think of, I don't know how many titles they've walked away with before they were combined, but since they've been combined, how many times they've been there and how many times they've walked out of there. I mean, the experience, I mean, you think about the state titles that they've won where these, these guys that are playing now were watching those games. I mean, they've, they've been to these state games before and this is kind of, this this major success is kind of new newer to Hitchcock County where I, I feel like they're almost kind of the new kids on the block and then Howells Dodge is kind of the the tried and true it it almost feels like so I talked about all the seniors that are on Hitchcock County's team and how they've they've grown up together and and know how to play together it almost seems like from a very distant view it's almost like they're the freshmen and Howells Dodge is the seniors who have been there but that, I mean, it, it's kind of backwards thinking there, but it, that's just kind of a concept that kind of stands out to me is where Howells has been there before and Hitchcock County is the, the kind of fresh blood looking for their chance to hold up a title. Yeah. It's just, I, like I said, I did at the end of the day, I, I cannot feel good picking against Howells Dodge, even if, it, even if it winds up burning me and it very easily could in this one, like I said, I just, 
hard for me to go a different direction. Not to mention we both picked against Clarkson Lee, and I don't think we want to. I don't think we want to have that kind of smoke with going against all four Highway 91 towns over there. I don't think, no. I think that, I, that feels dangerous. Yeah, I have to travel that road sometimes. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to bet against everybody over there. I mean, if I stop for gas, I might be in trouble if I get recognized exactly. over there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, how often are we going to be back in Trenton? I mean, unless we're talking other playoff games. I mean, I had a blast there yeah. and I had some really yeah. good food in McCook. Um, yeah, so I, 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 it'd be playoff games. It certainly won't be a regular season schedule, I don't think, but it'd be playoff no. games. <laughs> if it is, it's it's like I'm headed to Kansas or Colorado or so, so, something down in that corner for something. I mean, it, but like you said, it was awesome atmosphere. The fans were awesome. I mean, everybody that we talked to, um, I had an absolute blast despite Bloomfield getting getting bounced out the way they did. And like I said, I think, I think Hitchcock County made some Bloomfield fans that'll be kind of cheering for them just, just by the way that they took care of Bloomfield's kids. Um, I mean, after, after your season ending, you're kind of emotional as is. And then to hear that you might not have a way to get back home, um, being that far from home. I mean, that was, that was something special. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I came away and, impressed with the team and impressed with the community and the way that they kind of support those kids. So, um, I, I think they made some Bloomfield fans that'll be, I, I'm not going to say they'll probably be wearing purple. Cause I don't know if that's in the color wheel in this town, but, um, that the, as many times as Howells has bounced Bloomfield out of a, out of a state title game, uh, the Falcons might've, might've found themselves a little bit of an extra fan base from, from a very far distance. Absolutely. Like Tyler said, it was a fun, fun trip. It was a fun, fun round of semifinal games. And we have some fun championships coming up on Monday. Again, uh, 1015 from Memorial Stadium. It'll be Howells Dodge taking on Hitchcock County. And then at 245 from Memorial Stadium, Neely Oakdale taking on Clarkson Lee. Just some just some absolutely awesome championship games and so we're ready to just about put a bow on this season obviously once the championships are done we'll come back with an episode next week kind of recapping everything that we see there and what we both figure probably a couple of one or two score games so should be plenty plenty to talk about but I mean we got a shout out with just a hand with just the championships going on this week maybe not as many people are going to be on the Nebraska score feed app but I think we still got to shout it out one more time just for the value that it provided both for keeping up with scores throughout the season. And then, I mean, the show prep you and I were able to do off of it with how it compiles common opponents and scoring margins and things like that. It's just been, it was a great discovery for us this season. And I hope plenty of other people were able to get plenty of usage out of it and that we can all just keep using it as the years go on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been detrimental to me. I mean, people will ask me, Hey, who's, who did this, this team play this week or who did this, team lose to and just the usability of it has been awesome i mean it's much faster than going to max preps going to the schedules finding the loss i mean it's it's been a blast and i'm so glad that we found this app i mean and the more we've talked about it the more people are using it i mean we didn't i didn't i was planning on having to update this the hitchcock county bloomfield game while we were standing on the sidelines and every time i went to do it somebody was beating me to it so um just just the fact that it's it keeps growing and more teams are getting involved and it 
gets gets the statewide audience involved and I, I i love it i'm so glad we found it and i hope it keeps growing the way it does and uh if you're at work and you can't can't listen on the radio can't watch just check in on it every now and then it's it's a super useful tool to keep updated on these on these games yeah absolutely so all right well again thanks to james murphy Mike Renning and Tyler Holcomb for joining us tonight. Really fun, I thought, to get our first round of interviews with a crop of guys that have watched a lot of football and had some great insight on all of our championship contenders here as we head to the final week. But this is it. This is what it comes down to. It's been a beautiful season of eight-man football. And, Smith, uh, we got two more great games on the line. I, I can't wait. Monday Monday cannot come soon enough. It's going to be an absolute blast. And like we said, we'll come back at you next week with that recap of those championships. Otherwise, I think that'll do it for this week's 8x80. Thanks, everybody.